Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello friends, and welcome back to Foul Play. In our last episode, Tina's body was found on a grass verge, just off the highway, about 15 miles from where she went missing. She was found with a gunshot wound to the left side of her head. Tina's killer has never been found, but there are lots of theories on what happened to Tina. First, we are going to hear from Anderson County Coroner Greg Shore. He believes that Tina was sweeping out in front of the store when a car pulled up with people she knew inside and she willingly got inside the car. He believes this as there was no sign of a struggle and there was a broom left propped up outside the store and Tina's shoes were placed neatly outside the door. However, we should note that the police report implies that Tina's shoes were inside the building. She gets in the front seat of a car and there's a driver and there's somebody in the back seat. And uh, when they left exit uh, 21 and headed toward exit 35, uh, we feel like that uh, they probably were doing drugs and then uh, uh, they got off the interstate and went down a frontage road and pulled up into a little area that was known back then as kind of a rendezvous point. And uh, uh, I think at that point in time, she was probably struck uh, uh, from the back seat where she was sitting in the front seat, was probably struck and knocked unconscious and uh, then uh, killed and left her body left for, you know, gosh, probably... I don't remember the time frame, but I want to say it was a day or two when she was discovered by some 
people that were just out there picking up bottle caps and bottles and things like that. Uh, she was discovered. This is something that Tina's sister, Anne, agrees with. She is sure that Tina knew the person or persons that drove her to her death. Tina's ex-husband, Tony Milford, with the pending divorce and his violent past, is obviously high up on the suspect list for Tina's murder. He had motive. He was potentially going to lose everything at the final hearing that day. He knew where Tina was, as she had phoned him when her car wouldn't start as she headed to work. And he has had two former girlfriends who have died under unusual circumstances. Susan, Tina's childhood friend, firmly believes that Tony murdered Tina. One thing that I remember Tina saying when she lived on Serene Street is if anything ever happens to me, Susan, you know who did it. And I knew what she meant by that. I knew. I just know in my heart of hearts that he did it. And I hope that he sees her face every time he closes his eyes. So just to recap what we know about Tony, he had been physically abusive to Tina when they were married. They had a young daughter together. The final hearing for their financial and custody arrangements was to be heard later that day and Tony was likely to lose everything. And Tony was a drug addict who owed some well-connected drug dealers a lot of money. There was also the fact that several sources told Anderson County Coroner Greg Shaw how Tony drove straight to the crime scene when he heard of Tina's death, despite not being told where her body had been found. The witnesses were riding around with Tony, allegedly out looking for Tina a couple of days, you know, right after this happened, looking for them. And back then they didn't have cell phones, so Tony had stopped at uh, a payphone to call and basically when he got off the phone, he got in the car and told him he said they found Tina and he drove straight to the scene. So he, he actually knew where she was based on just they, they saying that they had found her. And uh, it was what was interesting is the person that talked talked to him on the phone said that, you know, he had just heard that she had been discovered. He didn't know the location of the body, but yet Tony got in the car and drove straight to the crime scene of being where her body was. So a lot of things like that just, you know, kind of make your hair stand up on the back of your neck. There are many questions surrounding Tony. One, what was his relationship with Tina when she died? Tina's family say that she was moving her belongings out of their shared house, while Tony is adamant they were trying to reconcile. Two, how did Tony know where Tina's body had been found, if it hadn't officially been announced? Three, why was Tina buying drugs for her ex-husband? Were they amicable, like he said, or perhaps he had threatened her with harm to their child or her family if she didn't help him? 4. In 2009, when coroner Greg Shaw re-interviews Tony's friends, many of them said that he was very dangerous and unpredictable. So maybe Tina was trying to keep his anger at bay. But Tony had an alibi for the night of Tina's murder. He was with his girlfriend, Kelly McLaughlin, from around 12.30am to 4.30am, and she lived almost half an hour from where Tina was kidnapped. Kelly willingly took a polygraph test, 
But the police report states, quote, It showed she could not be telling the truth about the Times, but needed to polygraph Tony first, end quote. Tony, after initially agreeing to a polygraph, changed his mind after speaking to a lawyer. So, while Tony definitely looked like the most likely candidate, he had an alibi, and there was no physical evidence against him, just hearsay. But wait a minute, let's just discuss Tony's former girlfriends. Kelly, Tony's alibi on the night of Tina's murder, died around 25 years ago. Her body was found at the city dump behind an ice cream parlour. It was ruled that she had died of a drug overdose. And also, allegedly, before she died, she told a friend that she had lied about spending the night of Tina's murder with Tony. And then there was Sharon Rudd, another of Tony's former girlfriends, whose body was found in a field. Her death was ruled a drug overdose with potential of suicide. Tony's exes don't have much luck, do they? The next theory we need to consider is Jimmy Golden, the drug dealer who Tina purchased drugs from on the day before her murder. Golden was owed a lot of money by Tony, which he was unlikely to get. Did Golden use Tina as a pawn in a sick game to get back at Tony? Did Golden take away the one thing that meant the most to Tony to teach him a lesson? When interviewed, Golden said that he was good friends with Tina, but was unable to provide an alibi for the night of her murder. Actually, he couldn't even remember where he was that night, let alone who he was with. There were the two white males that Benjamin R. McManus said he saw Tina talking to when he purchased his drink. Who were they? They have never been identified. Could they have been involved in the murder of Tina? If so, what would their motive be? Remember, there is no sign of a struggle, so it's unlikely that it was someone Tina didn't know. If only there had been CCTV in or around the building. But it was too early for that. In our ongoing journey dissecting real-life mysteries, I've found a perfect companion in a game that not only captivates, but also lets me step into the shoes of a detective in the glamorous 1920s, June's Journey. As someone who's delved deep into the game, playing through the intriguing scenarios of June Parker, I can personally vouch for its immersive experience. In June's Journey, you unravel the mystery of June Parker's sister's murder. Each scene is a visual and intellectual puzzle, with hidden clues scattered across beautifully crafted locations. What I've enjoyed most is the depths of the storyline. Each chapter peels back a layer of this thrilling narrative, revealing danger, mystery, and romance. Besides the allure of solving mysteries, the game lets you design and customize your own luxurious estate island. Building my estate has been a delightful escape, offering a creative break from the intense narratives we tackle on the podcast. For those of you who enjoy the blend of history, mystery, and narrative depth we explore on this podcast, June's Journey offers a chance to live out those elements in a beautifully interactive setting. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today 
on iOS and Android, and join me in this ongoing quest to uncover hidden truths and solve complex mysteries. Attention, friends. Are you ready to embark on a journey into the unknown this Mother's Day? Prepare to dive into the depths of your family's history with mylifeinabook.com. Each week, mylifeinabook.com sends intriguing questions, uncovering the thrilling tales of your mom's past, and then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. From daring escapes to nail-biting encounters, her life becomes an epic adventure waiting to be explored. This Mother's Day, give the gift of excitement and intrigue with mylifeinabook.com. It's a thrilling ride through your mom's life that you won't want to miss. I gave this to my mom last year, and let's just say I didn't know my mom as well as I thought I did. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SHANE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SHANE for 10% off today. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Jerry and I'm a comedian. So he thinks. And I'm Tracy, his wife. Um, for now. And we are the host of Hillbilly Horror Stories. We are mostly a paranormal podcast, but we do sprinkle in a little bit of true crime if it's creepy enough. And, obviously, all things unexplained. But mostly paranormal. Yep, I already said that. It's been said that we are scary enough for the true paranormal fan, but also entertaining and funny enough for the skeptics. Nobody said that. It most certainly did. I got it from a carrier pigeon along with a Candy Crusher quest. Just search for Hillbilly Horror Stories wherever you listen to podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Another name that cropped up on the list was Brodus Baldwin, a brick mason. He was allegedly heard in a public location announcing that Tina had been kidnapped some two hours before the authorities were called. Sources also said that they saw a picker stick in Baldwin's truck that had blood and reddish blonde hair attached to it. A picker stick is a name for an antique cotton spool that is fatter at one end than the other and looks similar to a baseball bat. The autopsy did report a crack on Tina's skull, so it is possible that she was hit on the head with something like a picker stick. 
Baldwin also allegedly carried a 25 caliber gun with a white handle. While this matched a cartridge that was near Tina's body, it did not match the bullet that killed her. So if Baldwin was involved, he either had two guns or there were two assailants. Baldwin did take a polygraph test and passed. And then, of course, we have to consider, what if the killer was just a random perpetrator who used the I-85 that ran between Atlanta and Charlotte as their hunting grounds, travelling from place to place, targeting young, vulnerable women along the way? Tina was kidnapped from a store just off Highway I-85, and her body was also found just off I-85. And in fact, over the years, there have been a number of serial killers who do exactly this. Just listen back to season one, The Unsold Redhead Murders. With truckers travelling along these highways for thousands of miles and hunting along their routes, leaving seemingly unconnected murders in their wake. Finally, there was another case in Anderson. The murder of Paula Thomason in 1997. Paula looked very similar to Tina, with blonde hair and reddish highlights. Her decomposed body was found at an abandoned dump site. Investigators believe that they have found the perpetrator for this murder, though, and he is currently serving time in prison. Paula did know Tony, though, Tina's ex, as they shared the same circle of friends. With all the advancements in DNA and other testing, we hope that one day soon we can get some answers for Tina and her family. This case is solvable. We are sure of that. Susan, Tina's childhood friends, tells us why she thinks Tina's case has not been solved. I think the reason that this case has not been solved is they've not put it in front of someone that will take this case. As we draw a close to this series of foul play, we want to ask Susan and Tina's sister Anne to share some final thoughts. Susan has never forgotten Tina. I have a plaque out here at my rose bush. It has her name on it. That's how much I love that girl. She was like my sister. And ever since that rose bush has been there, there's a plaque been there for her in memory of her. Tina's sister Anne just wants to know what happened to Tina on the 24th of June 1983. She has a huge binder of memories of Tina that she has collected over the years. She remembers Tina writing to the singer Andy Williams when she was just 13, sending him a song for his consideration. The song began, quote, In the moonlight I sit waiting for a falling star, end quote. In an interview with The Independent Mail back in 2018, Anne said, quote, You'd be surprised what you start thinking about, however you turn around every detail in your mind. I was living in Florida when Tina disappeared, and I drove back as soon as I heard it. I remember going into the convenience store and picking up the flannel shirt she had for work. Nobody stopped me. Nobody said, hey, that might be evidence. Maybe it wasn't, but I don't know. End quote. 
It's now been over 40 years since Tina was murdered. If you know anything about what happened, it's time to come forward and tell someone before it's too late. Tina deserves justice. Tina's family deserve answers. Thank you for listening to our series on what happened to Tina Milford. If you have any information regarding the murder of Tina Milford, please contact the Anderson County Sheriff's Department. Or if you would prefer to remain anonymous, head over to our website, itsfoulplay.com, and tell us what you know, and we will pass the information on. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.